What's happening, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football fans? We got Stevie T today. Kev, uh, we had to do the podcast a little bit later, and Kev just wasn't able to make it. So I'm going to do it solo today. Basically, what we're going to be going over is the games from the weekend. I will cover five of those games today, and then tomorrow we will finish the rest of those. And after we are done the games, we will talk about the waiver wire tomorrow and go on the podcast for the rest of the week. So before I get into the games, remember to check us out on CheatCodeSports.com. That is CheatCodeSports with an S.com, where you can find literally all kinds of information you can find our podcast on there we have player projections for the 2020 season weekly and yearly ranks team defense rankings uh the strength of schedules for each team uh the best and worst positional matchups for the week we do that after week three we start breaking that down and letting you guys know who is the best and worst against each position we have our 2020 articles on there waiver wire you know people that we want you to go pick up uh, buy low, sell high article, weekly wide receiver cornerback matchups, streaming defenses. It's just a whole lot of information on there, and you guys are going to love it. You know, Go check out the website, and yeah, trust me, there's enough information to keep you busy for a long time. So before we finish these breakdowns, I'm going to get into some quick news real quick. And here's the news. Ladies and gentlemen, could I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, and news over the weekend. We'll start off with the big news of the weekend. Marlon Mack tore his Achilles uh, on the game on Sunday. The MRI results basically 100% said that it is torn. So, you know, that sucks for Marlon Mack this year. But, you know, all those people that drafted Jonathan Taylor, you're probably really happy about that. You know, and they're probably going to bring somebody in. They're talking about bringing in Lamar Miller. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, Lamar Miller is not going to take away the job from the rookie. So we'll have to see how that works out. Duke Johnson, who sprained his ankle on Thursday night, is considered week to week and is a long shot to play this week against the Ravens, a source says. So, you know, it, it's definitely another situation where, you know, David Johnson is going to see a workload, you know, a very probably bigger workload than they'd like to give him at this point. But, you know, Dave, Duke Johnson going down is not something they, uh, you know, wanted to happen. The Browns are signing Cody Parkey to the 53-man roster and sending David Njoku to the three-week IR. So I'm assuming that they're going to sign Cody Parkey. Siebert, we all saw that, was horrible uh, yesterday. So that's, you know, bye-bye him. And they actually did cut him uh, in the news here, I see. It's been confirmed that Blake Jarwin is out for the season with a torn ACL. So all the people that were saying that Blake Jarwin was going to be a thing, you know, I actually thought, he could be a thing with all the missing targets, but now that just reaffirms me that CeeDee Lamb is going to see a whole lot of targets. Uh, but, you know, Blake Jarwin, unfortunately, did tear his C ACL and will miss the rest of the season. Uh, Saints star Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle injury uh, on Sunday, went over the Bucks, but it's something that he believes he can play through, Tells where well, he tells a source, Ian Rappaport. Now... 
especially at the wide receiver position, it you know with all the cutting they have to do and all the you know different routes they have to run, a high ankle sprain is going to be an issue. I would be very surprised if the Saints allow him to play through that issue, and you know they're probably it's probably going to be a situation where they're going to talk to the doctors and make sure he's not able to make it worse, but. You know, I wouldn't count on Michael Thomas this week. I, I would definitely keep it, my ears open, but you know, I, that's that's an injury I don't really want to. Uh, you know, I don't really want to mess with. I don't really want him on his high ankle sprain. I'd rather him just take two weeks off and get better if if that's the way he's feeling. But I guess we'll see. Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting again Sunday, according to Brian Flores. Uh, Devontae Parker will be. Focus. We'll have to focus on rehab and treatment today, tomorrow, and his for his hamstring. He says that uh, it's he'll get a better idea of the severity of his absence by the middle of the week. So I guess we're just gonna have to sit and watch and see what happens with that. Adam Gaze isn't sure when Le'Veon Bell will return, or Cashman's groin will be back. Uh, he said that it could be a couple of weeks, so you may not have Le'Veon Bell. For a couple of weeks, if you drafted Le'Veon Bell, that sucks. Doug Peterson says that Derek Barnett, Lane Johnson, and Miles Sanders are still day to day. They'll be, they'll get back to practice this week, and hope that we'll see them play on Sunday. Just got off the phone with running back. This is Josina Anderson. Just got off the phone with running back Devontae Freeman. He tells me I'm ready for whatever team needs a vet. Freeman adds he is currently choosing between four teams. All right. Devontae Freeman sounds like he might be a thing soon. All right. Let's go to the next piece of news. We have Frank Wright confirms rookie Jonathan Taylor is the starting running back for the team. And Naeem Hines will be very, very involved. So he was very, very involved this weekend before, you know, all that craziness happened. So, you know, I... We told you guys. I mean, Naeem Hives was going to be a guy that we were going to be high on because Phillip Rivers liked to throw to the running back. It is what it is. Like, And Phillip Rivers, honestly, he made that – we told you this, that Phillip Rivers was going to make this offense a whole lot – run a whole lot smoother. Now, did they score as much as we wanted to? No. You know what I mean? We thought the Jaguars were going to suck. Obviously, they didn't. They played a whole lot better than anyone would have anticipated. Even Vegas had them as, I want to say, nine-point dogs or 8.5-point dogs. And uh, they proved everybody wrong. So, you know, I still don't think the Jaguars' defense is really all that good. I think that, you know, the Colts just kind of stumbled in this game, ended up losing it. You know, it didn't help that they were uh, missing field goals and kicks and things of that nature. So, I guess we're going to have to see. Uh, Cortland Sutton will be out for this game. Obviously, you guys know that because you're going to hear this tomorrow and you watch the Sunday night or the Monday night games. So, Cortland Sutton did not play in this game. After losing Marlon Mack to an Achilles injury, like I said, the Colts are looking into running back Lamar Miller. Uh, let's see here. Mike Shanahan says that he is definitely concerned about the depth at wide receiver. With Richie James hamstring uh, going down this weekend, he said, going to be an unknown this week. Shanahan said that he will be surprised if rookie running back Brandon Ayuk would be back this week. So they're not, they don't think, you know, Brandon Ayuk will be back. This is another big hit. George Kittle has a knee sprain. 
uh, Kyle Hannah Shanahan said. We'll have to see how he feels on Wednesday. And as the week goes on before we let you know his status. So, you know, with all these rookie wide receiver injuries and all this injuries to this receiving core period, you know, it, it's it's looking real rough for the 49ers right now. Now, this just came out. It says the Fort, well, didn't just come out, but it, it's recent news. The 49ers said they will be looking into Muhammad Sanu. Uh, coach says he has a lot of respect for Muhammad Sanu and would like to see him and see how it goes. So it looks like they are might be bringing in Muhammad Sanu. You know, they have a rapport for him from their time at uh, the Atlanta Falcons together. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, he comes in. The 49ers goal remains for Debo to be ready for week four against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, he's on that short time IR. Once again, James Conner gets hurt on Monday night. I mean, we told you that, like, I, well, I told you this. The kid can't stay healthy. Like, I think James Conner has talent. I don't think he's talentless, but I just cannot trust this guy to stay on the field for any amount of time. And I just do not want him on my fantasy team. Like, you guys, I get that question all the time. Like, where are you taking, why are you taking James Conner so low? Because I don't trust him to stay healthy. That's why. <laughs> it's, it's plain and simple. It's really easy, guys. I do not trust him to play 16 games and to me if he plays 12 games that's a plus and I do not like drafting guys that I feel like I'm going to get 12 games out of you know what I mean I, to me unless they're like Ezekiel when he had the four game suspension or Le'Veon Bell when he had the three game suspension or you know whatever the situation may be like supreme talents that I know I'm going to get a whole bunch of points out of you know I don't mind having them for 12 games but James Conner wasn't good in this game like I don't know if you guys watched this game, but he was not good in this game before he got hurt. So I there's no reason for me to be like, oh yeah, God, I love this kid and I have to have him on my team. I'm just, you know, I'm over the James Conner thing. I I don't have him in any leagues this year. I don't think I drafted him not once, and it's because where he was going. I told you guys I wasn't comfortable with where he was going because he's always hurt, and uh, you know I stayed true to my word and I didn't draft him anywhere. All right, so Philip Lindsay is questionable return in this game. We saw him go down. He was, you know, limping off the field. It looked like he might have hurt his ankle, uh, but they're saying it's a foot injury. AJ Boye is out of out of the game with a shoulder injury. We heard about that, and uh, I believe that is the news. Yes, it is. So that's the news for today, guys. You know, it's it sucks. You know, there's there were some big name players that got hurt this week, and. Uh, you know, we're going to have to see how it goes out, especially Marlon Mack. You know, we're going to talk about more of this tomorrow because Kev was really high on Marlon Mack this week. Uh, and you know what? He looked really good before he got hurt. You know what I mean? He he was running the ball well. He ran the ball way better than Jonathan Taylor was running the ball. Uh, he also, you know, caught the ball a couple of times. He was being heavily used uh, before he went down. And, you know, we saw him grab the back of his leg. And whenever you see that, you know, it's always a situation where you're like, ah, oh, man, I hope he didn't tear his Achilles. Because literally, as soon as it happened, I saw it. I was like, oh, man, I hope he didn't just tear his Achilles. And, uh, you know, that was exactly what it was. So, you know, we've seen that too many times in recent years, you know, with Kevin Durant and all those other guys that just keep, you know, they tear their Achilles. And you see it and you're just like, oh, I hope that's not Achilles. And it always seems, every time I say that, I always seem to be right because, you know. I see them go down. I see where they're grabbing, and it always seems to be the exact same spot. It's that one spot where the you know the Achilles just detaches, and you just see them. You know, a lot of people say it feels like they got kicked in the back of their leg real hard. So you know, it's it sucks. All right, so let's get into these game breakdowns. 
The very first game we're going to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Redskins. This is going to be quick, guys. Dallas Goddard played really good. You know what I mean? Dallas Goddard was open. He got nine targets. He caught eight of them. The one target he didn't catch was well behind him by by Carson Wentz. It was, you know, he I don't know what the hell Carson Wentz was doing in this game. He was horrible. Uh, but he ends up having eight targets or eight nine targets and eight catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a thing. Zach Ertz, um, I know a lot of people are going to be nervous about Zach Ertz and be like, oh, man, he really didn't see too much and blah, 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 blah. He still gets you 10 fantasy points in this game. I mean, 10.8 if you play in PPRs. And if you don't play in PPR, he got you 7.8, which is still good for a tight end. He had seven targets in this game, so it wasn't like he wasn't targeted. You know, it just Dallas Goddard was better, and Carson Wentz was on his back a whole bunch because he kept holding onto the ball too long. He threw two interceptions, should have had five. Uh, you know, he threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns, but, you know, I was not happy with what I saw with Carson Wentz, and if I was an Eagles fan, I'd be really worried because he was overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. He was throwing balls like that should have been picked off. He, like I said, he should have threw five interceptions, not two. And uh, it was just it was a it was a tough watch. Jalen Rager should have had three at least three catches for over 120 yards and and two touchdowns. He overthrew him by like 10 yards on a clear route where he was like wide open. Uh, he, he overthrew him by a you know a country mile. Later on in the game, almost a very similar play up the middle. He overthrew him again. This time it wasn't 10 yards. It was probably about three or four. Um, but still overthrew him. Deshaun Jackson had a long crossing route, uh, you know, towards the end of the game. And it, like, I don't know what the hell that was. That was, you know, he threw the ball and Carson Wentz just air milled that one to the sideline. Uh, that could have been a touchdown. If, if Car- you know, if, if D Jax catches that turns upfield, there's nobody there. He, he literally scores on that play. Uh, he was, like I said, he was just over and under throwing guys. They went into this game, I think, thinking they were going to smash the Washington Redskins, and that did not happen. You know, they got up 17 nothing, and I felt a little bit comfortable. And instead of using Boston Scott a lot more, they stopped using Boston Scott basically at all. And uh, Boston Scott had some really nice runs in this game. You know, he ends up with uh, 9 for 35. But, you know, in the beginning of the game, they were kind of bottling him up. And then when he started getting some run, he started actually running pretty well. He's a smaller guy, so I don't know how many carries they would have wanted to give him. But regardless of the fact, you know, Boston Scott, he caught two passes for 19 yards. They should have you involved him more. If they didn't want to give him a bunch of carries, they should have had Corey Clement or, you know, whoever they wanted to give the ball to, you know, running this this ball a little bit more. Because they should have stuck to the run a little bit more when they were up 17 nothing. They were, You know, his this first interception for by Carson Wentz was on first and one, you know, inside their territory. And he's throwing a, you know, he's throwing a comeback route that he threw late as hell and uh, gets picked off. So, you know, it... It was a bad game for the Eagles. On the Washington Redskins side of the ball, on offense, you know I mean, like it's so it, I keep saying Redskins, and I'm sorry, but it, every time I see football team, it just kills me. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Eagles, Washington football team, the Washington football team, uh, they didn't really do anything on offense. I wasn't impressed with really anyone, but you know, I'm lying. I was impressed with Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin was still doing his thing, even though. You know, he got, he caught five of his seven targets. So none of them were like the deep variety. Like we had been used to seeing, you know, last year, they didn't really try to go deep all that much in this game. The two times that they did, you know, they threw a pass to Steven Sims and he caught it. And then they threw a pass to Dontrell Lindemann that was way over his head. 
Uh, Haskins was 17 for 31, 178 in the touchdown. He didn't throw any picks in this game, but he wasn't very good. Uh, the Eagles' secondary is not the best in the world. You know, I, I would have expected him to at least hit 200, so that makes me a little bit nervous. But Antonio Gibson was actually good in this game. Antonio Gibson actually looked like a guy that could develop into a really good running back. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to fix this offensive line. The Eagles' defense is very good at stopping the run, so I'm not going to kill them on that, but the offensive line was literally getting, like, almost no push. Most of the time it was, you know, running to the outside and letting him you know, take it to the corners and make some moves and, you know, hopefully get a couple of yards. And, that, and it kind of worked that way uh, for him. But Peyton Barber, for some reason, got 17 carries. Uh, he literally had one seven-yard run and then was just horrible the rest of the game. He scores two touchdowns. Don't pick him up. I know a bunch of people are going to ask me that. Don't do it. He, he just was bad. And then there's nobody else on this team I want. I mean, like, Steven Sims, if you're in deep leagues, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, done. Don't want anybody else on this team. Alrighty then. So let's go to the next game. It was the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots. This was actually a fun game to watch because I am a huge Cam Newton fan. Like, uh, I just, ever since Cam started handing out footballs to kids, I, you know, I love kids and I think that was the coolest thing ever. And I've just always had respect for Cam ever since he did that. And I was really happy to see him have a good game. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, we're saying Cam was going to be great, and honestly, I didn't think Cam would be uh, Cam would be great, and he really wasn't in this game. It was really the rushing yards and touchdowns that really helped him, because he wasn't particularly very like prolific at all in this game. He was 15 for 19, but they really weren't throwing it at all. They ran the ball a lot in this game. Uh, they they were giving the ball to everyone, like. <laughs> Everybody got a chance to run. Even Edelman got a, a running play in this game. Uh, took like a little end around thing to, you know, 23 yards. But, you know, they're using, like, Bill Belichick is a great coach. Like, there's all that you can say. Bill Belichick, you know, knew that these Miami Dolphins corners were very good. So he didn't test them all that much. But he knew that they would be able to move the ball on the ground. And they did. They, you know, they exploited this team's weakness. And uh, I was, I was, was presently surprised with how well Cam Newton was moving and and getting around and he scores two rushing touchdowns in this game. You know, Sony Michelle was 10 for 37 and a touchdown in this game. Uh Julian Edelman 5 for I think it was 50 something uh and he was he was he was okay in this game. I wouldn't say he was good, but he was okay. Nikhil Harry had five receptions in this game. He did have a fumble which that was a little bit annoying um because you're like, "Oh, this kid is you know, let's hope this kid gets good and he starts doing something. But you know how Belichick is with guys who fumble. So I do not believe he got another target after that. Uh, he might have had one more target after that. But, you know, they basically, the def they relied on the defense and they scored on the ground. That's basically how they won this game. Uh, so, you know, I don't really have much more to say about the New England Patriots offense other than, you know, with Cam running, it makes it a whole lot better. On the Dolphins side of the ball, they were straight garbage. Like, there is nothing about this offense that made me feel any good. Preston Williams had two two pretty good catches, uh, but a bunch of the passes that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing to him, like, he was airmailing balls to him. It was really it was actually really pissing me off because there was one play where Ryan Fitzpatrick had him, like, wide open and just threw him this horrible pass. It wasn't nowhere near him. Uh, and I was like, oh man, this kid is like, 
rough. But he had the most, like I said, Preston Williams had the most targets on the team. It actually wasn't even close. Uh, as soon as Devontae Parker, you know, got hurt, they basically started throwing to, you know, Williams almost like the rest of the game. Uh, Mike Gusecki, we all knew he was banged up. He didn't really do much. Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up with 20, uh, 30 targets or 30 attempts, uh, 191 yards and three picks. Uh, you know, just bad. Uh, Miles Gaskins, uh, at the end of the game, Matt Breida and, and Jordan Howard literally were horrible in this game. Um, and Miles Gaskins started getting some work later on. He ended up getting, I think it was like eight or nine carries. He had like 40, 40 or 50 total yards, something like that. Um, but I'm not, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not picking up Miles Gaskin. I'm not, I just don't want anything to do with this offense. If I'm being honest, like, I, I just don't think this offense is good. I told you guys in the beginning of the season, the only guys I want from this offense is Devonte Parker and Preston Williams. And I know a lot of people wanted Matt Breida and Jordan Howard to me. I don't have those guys on any of my teams because I just don't think this green, this, this offense is a team that can run the ball very well. You know what I mean? Nobody on this team could run the ball last year. And you know, Matt Breida, I don't want to say Matt Breida looked bad because Matt Breida actually didn't look bad. He don't, for for only for some reason he only got five carries. Uh, I think he was like over like four and a half yards of carry for the game. But it just this is not a team that I really want a whole lot of shares of. Uh, you know they're probably going to be bad again this year. And uh, Tua, we're probably going to see Tua sooner than later. All right, so this next game that we are going to talk about is the, to me, it was one of the best games of the weekend, and I really enjoyed watching it. It was Green Bay versus Minnesota. Green Bay versus Minnesota is always, you know, a lower scoring game. It's normally like, you know, in the twenty mid-20s, you know, 24-17 or 20-24 to 24 or something, you know, one of those, you know, like mid-40s game. And uh, I, I kind of was telling you guys that they were at like, I think it was 46 and a half. And that's a little bit higher than we normally see because it's normally about 44 to 45. You know, normally 46 is, you know, 46, 47, 48 for, for these two teams against each other is normally pretty high. So I thought it had something to do with Aaron Rodgers in the, in the passing game. I thought they thought that Rodgers could jump on this team. And Kirk Cousins has been known to throw some interceptions when they get behind in games. So that's kind of what I thought. And that's kind of what happened. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers came in this game, and they were firing the ball a lot. You know, Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball around the yard. He ends up with 44 pass attempts. I mean, that, that's way more than he had in any of the other games that they played last year against the Minnesota Vikings. And Devontae Adams, I told you guys to get him in your lineup, your DFS lineups. I was telling everybody, you know, throw him in a DFS lineup. And this dude went off. You know, it's 17 catches, sorry, 17 targets, I believe. Yeah, 17 targets, 14 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. So, and the one touchdown, dude, like, I, he is just so good. He ran, he basically runs this out route, right, to the to the side of the, you know, basically right next to the pylon, maybe like three feet into the end zone at the pylon, just stops and waits for this ball to come. <laughs> and like you know he just barely leaps up to grab it and it was like dude this guy is just they're not going to be able to stop him like and we told you guys this that you know these rookie this rookie defensive back was just not going to be able to t you know to handle Devonte adams in this game and you know aaron Rodgers th was throwing the hell out of the ball Devonte adams was so good that 
they were at the end of the game when you seen Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, catch that long touchdown. He basically was like single covered with like almost no safety help on top because they were so worried about Devontae Adams, you know, when he when he went across the field that he was single covered and 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 Aaron Rodgers was just like, here you go. I'm gonna throw a teardrop and just, you know, drop it right in your hands. And that's exactly what happened. Same thing with Lan Lazard later on with the, in that deep pass that Lan Lazard caught. You know, if Devontae Adams stays healthy this year, to me it is it is a clear cut he's going to be the number one wide receiver. And I thought that before the season. That's why me and Kev both had him at number one. So, you know, I, to me, a situation where Devontae Adams, stay, if he stays healthy, this is going, this could be his career year. This could be that year that you're like, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in fantasy football. So, you know, and then next year I won't have any shares of him because I don't take guys after the career year. <laughs> Thank God I don't have Michael Thomas anywhere. I got Michael Thomas in one league, uh, and it was because I auto-drafted the first pick. You know what I mean? I I, uh, I missed the beginning of the draft. I didn't realize. I was podcasting at the time and missed the draft. I feel bad about it, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, so Aaron Jones in this game, um, he wasn't – I wouldn't say he was bad. He wasn't good or bad, really. He was just kind of, you know, taking what was given to him. You know, the defense, like I said, I, I do feel like they, they sold out a little bit in the beginning of the game to try to take him away, and it really hurt them because, you know, they, they Aaron Rodgers saw that they were, you know, putting moving the linebackers up just a little bit, and, and he took clear advantage of it, and they stopped doing that real quick. But, Aaron, you know, Aaron Jones did definitely uh, – you know, miss a little, couple of opportunities, but the, let's be honest, the, the Vikings were, te- you know, their linebackers are very good and they're very fast, so they were getting back there and, and making some some plays on them, so there wasn't really a whole lot of wiggle room for him to have, you know, basically all game. So, you know, like I said, I really liked what I saw out of this team, and, you know, Aaron Joe's going to get his this year. If, if Aaron, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing like that and the rest of this team, you know, starts coming, Aaron, Aaron Jones is going to have his games. On the Viking side of the ball, Kirk Cousins actually wasn't it wasn't really bad in this game. Uh, he ends with two fifty nine and two touchdowns. Uh, it was actually surprising uh, because I didn't think that they didn't they they didn't really have the time of possession uh, the way that the Green Bay Packers did. The Packers were kind of just methodically moving the ball down the field the whole time. Minnesota didn't really start scoring until, like, you know, middle of the third quarter, and they started putting some points up because Adam Thielen caught a long bomb. Uh, He caught actually two, you know, pretty deep passes, pretty long touchdown passes. Um, And then, you know, the rest of the wide receiving core, they used Alexander Madison, which I was a little bit surprised about in the the game a little bit more than I thought they would. I think he had, like, four or five targets in the game. B.C. Johnson was, I think, their second – yeah, he was their second best – uh, wide receiver in the game, but he only saw four targets. So really, like kind of what me and Kev said, it was kind of the Adam Thielen target show. And then they just tried to run the hell out of the ball. And in this game, they got down by too much and had to abandon it. But Dalvin Cooks ends with two touchdowns that really saved his game because he really only had 12 carries for 50 yards. Um, and then wasn't I, – I, I think – I know he had a couple of targets, but I don't think he even had any catches. He might have had one catch. And just wasn't, just didn't do anything. So, you know, Justin Jefferson, I was really curious to see how he came out in this game and how he was used. And he only got a couple of targets in this game. He wasn't really, you know, wasn't really as involved as I was hoping that he would be. 
Um, to me, it's, you know, Adam Thielen on this passing game. And, you know, maybe I would take a shot on BC Johnson if I needed a wide receiver help because I don't think – I just don't think Jefferson is a guy that they trust right now. Maybe, like, in the middle of the season – Jefferson will start getting more targets and start being more utilized in this offense. But right now it's the Dalvin cook show. They're going to run the hell out of this ball and they're only going to let Kirk cousin throw the ball 25 to, you know, 30 times in a good week. So I'm not, you know, in a game that they were losing most of the game, he only threw 25 passes. So like I said, this is an offense that uh, made me a little bit nervous uh, coming into the season because of Adam Thielen being the only wide receiver threat. And I thought that they were going to try to get, you know, I honestly, I thought Tajay Sharp would would uh, end up taking that number three role, uh, but Justin Jefferson then still was in there, and he just didn't. You know, he just wasn't as targeted as I was hoping. All right, so let's go to the next game, and the next game we're going to talk about. Actually, I was going to talk about uh, Indy Jacksonville, but I'm actually going to leave that one for Kevin. Uh, I watched eight games already this you know of this week, so I. I'll leave the the Indy Jacksonville game for Kev tomorrow. Uh, today, the what do we do? One, two, three, four. We'll do two more teams. Uh, we'll do Buffalo and the Jets now. So this game is going to be real quick. The Jets, you can't start anyone. You can't start anyone except Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon. And we said that to you guys on the weekend. You know, if there's anybody else on this team that you're thinking about starting, don't do it. Like, do not do it. This offense looked atrocious. Once again, Jameson Crowder gets 13 targets against the Bills. Uh, for some reason, he kills the Bills. I, I just don't get it. And he honestly didn't shouldn't have had this big of a game. He, you know, we we missed a tackle. The linebackers, I'm not even going to say names. I'm just going to say our linebacker missed the tackle on Jameson Crowder because it looked to me like he was trying to punch the ball out. Instead of bringing him to the ground, which is a mistake, you always tackle the guy first and try to rip out as you're bringing him to the ground. But he tried to look to me like he was trying to punch the ball out, and Jamison Crowder kind of just kept running and broke out of the tackle and scored a 69-yard touchdown, which had me very angry. Now, other than that, this team did nothing. Chris Herndon, we told you to start. He did get six catches. He had seven targets. He was the second most targeted guy on the team, which is what exactly what I said uh, this weekend. He was the second most targeted guy on the team. He caught six of his seven targets. He had 37 yards. And uh, other than that, that was it. Le'Veon Bell got hurt. But it, Le'Veon Bell didn't get hurt until, like, I, it was close to the end of the third quarter. Um, and then Frank Gore got a whole bunch of touches. And then James, you know, Josh Adams got, like, a, a goal line run where he scored. Um, but yeah, this team is bad. They're, they're just not good. I don't want anything to do with them. I I, mean, I don't want any, you know, and Chris Herndon, he did fumble in the game. I can't remember what the scenario was, but I do remember he fumbled in the game, but he, if he's going to be the second most targeted tie on the team, I mean, this bill's defense is really good. So, you know, I don't expect the dolphins to be as bad every week as they were this week, but like I said, the only two guys that I want to start is Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon on most weeks. And then when Frank, when Le'Veon Bell comes back, hopefully they can do something, you know, with Lev and, and whatever. But, you know, even Le'Veon Bell, I I told you guys not to draft him. Like, I, I have no shares of Le'Veon Bell because I just I don't like this offensive line. I thought they were no good, and, I, and they, they showed it this week. They just were not good. 
On the Bills side of the ball, I man, listen, uh, Josh Allen might be one of those guys that helps you to a championship. I'm not saying this Jets defense is amazing, but if you watched Josh Allen yesterday, he had that fumble, which once again, I told you guys he will turn the ball over on, ball over on fumbles. I don't know what the hell this guy's problem is, but he's a fumbler. Um, he does not throw any interceptions in this game, though. He threw 46 passes, which is, I believe, more passes than he threw in all every game but one last year. And I told you guys his targets, his you know, passing was going to go up this year. He starts the season with 46. If he stays on that pace, he's going to be at 500 passes basically for the season. And I told you guys that he, you know, was going to go over 500. And I and I now I'm I'm convinced there's no way he doesn't unless he gets hurt. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to be way over 500 passes this year. And he and he looked good passing this game. You know what I mean? Like he made a bunch of really nice passes in this game that I was like, "Damn, he zipped that in." I was really happy to see it. I mean, he gets 313 or 312 yards in this game. Doesn't throw any picks. Like I said, he throws two touchdowns. Really beautiful play to John Brown. He threw it a little bit low, but John Brown was able to grab it off the ground or like right off the town and score, you know, I think it was like a 19 yard touchdown. I told you guys John Brown was going to be a thing. And in the 13th round, he was a steal. And once again, this year, I promise you, John Brown is going to be one of the biggest steals in fantasy football for the second year in a row for absolutely no reason. Um, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss did have a 50-50 split. They both had nine carries in this game. The Jets' defense is actually pretty good at stopping the run. They did it well, you know, making sure that they bottled those guys up so they didn't really get off doing anything. But Devin Singletary did have uh, seven targets while Zach Moss only had four. So it looked to me like they they plan on using Devin Singletary more in that role, which to me makes him a little bit more valuable than Zach Moss. Zach Moss does score the... I want to be. I think it was like a six-yard little dump-off pass touchdown uh, to give Josh Allen his second, you know, passing touchdown in the game. And uh, yeah, like I said, it it was great to see this offense clicking. Uh, you know, Josh Allen does lose two fumbles in the game, but you know, he played. If you had Josh Allen there, you are not crying about what Josh Allen gave you because. You know, he ran a touchdown in. He, you know, had 50-something yards rushing. You know, if you had Josh Allen, you ain't mad about the two fumbles because he he went off for you yesterday. He had a really good game. Um, Yeah, John Brown, like I said, he was a thing. Stephon Diggs saw nine targets. John Brown saw eight, well, ten. You know what I mean? If they stay on pace, I told you guys, they're both going to be over 100 targets. And Stephon Diggs, to me, is probably 130 or 40 targets. And John Brown, to me, is probably going to be like 100, 110. Like, I just... You can't look at this game and think anything else. I mean, they, I was right, period. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, Yeah, so there's not really much else to get into. I mean, Cole Beasley, he got he got seven targets. Dawson Knox, he got – Dawson Knox should have had a touchdown in the back of the end zone that Josh Allen – Josh Allen could have had a much bigger game in this game. There was two plays in particular that he way overthrew guys that it was like, dude, if you just set your feet – like literally just run around that corner and set your feet and throw the ball, you would have hit both of those guys, and they're probably both touchdowns. And one was to Dawson Knox uh, at the back of the end zone. He was literally, I'm talking about like, you don't get more open than he was. He was Logan Thomas open if you guys watched the Eagles game yesterday. 
Logan Thomas open in the back of the end zone. It was that wide open. So to me, you know, I would really like to see Josh Allen start to set his feet more. And they're going to tell him that and in practice, but it's just a natural thing for some guys. They just, it's hard for them to do that. They rely so much on their arm talent. They think that they can just wing every single ball in when you just, there's some patches you got to set your feet. Hopefully he gets that figured out. And, uh, I'm liking where this Buffalo Bills team looked. All right, so the last game that we will go over, because we're not going to go over Indy, we'll go over the Jets and the Lions. I mean the Jets, the Bears and the Lions. This game, honestly, was not it, – it was – the Lions owned the Bears basically up until four minutes left in the third quarter. And then, I don't know what the hell happened. Mitchell Trubisky just started learning how to throw the ball accurately because he was horrible in the beginning of the game. He was just really, really bad. And I had him in a bunch of FanDuel lineups because he is very has been very good in the past against the Lions. So I was like, you know what? He's, a, he's one of the cheaper quarterback options, so I'm going to use him this week. And uh, he ended up coming through, but it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hard to watch for most of the game. Um, he got it started, really, I felt like, when he threw Anthony Miller, uh, that touchdown going down the right sideline. He kind of, you know, just wung it up there, and Anthony Miller just made a spectacular catch. Like, this dude looked like Superman jumping to catch this ball and brought it in. It was, it was awesome. Like, I have nothing bad to say about what Anthony Miller did yesterday. He was awesome. Allen Robinson looked good yesterday. He was getting a bunch of targets, but Mitch was missing him like crazy in the beginning of the game. It was really pissing me off. Um, but yeah, he ended up, you know, doing his thing. Jimmy Graham had seven targets in the game, which I was very surprised about. I thought he would probably have been like around three or four, like he has been over the past couple of years, but he had seven targets. He really didn't do much with the targets. He had a touchdown. You know what I mean? Basically he was running on the backside of the end zone and they threw it up to him and he grabbed it, did a little Jimmy jump and uh, grabbed it, but he still looks slow as hell, man. This guy is slow, slow, slow. So really on this offense, Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are the only guys that I can even tell you that I want. Uh, David Montgomery had 13 carries for 50, 64 yards. Um, he averaged, I, guess, I think that's like 4.8 or something like that per carry. But honestly, the Lions are – I didn't see that the Lions were, like, any exceptionally good at stopping the run. They, he had some holes. He's just slow. Like, he is very slow to some holes, and when he gets through the hole, you don't see that burst. Like, you know, get through the hole, hit the hole, and just, like, you know, I'm not saying that he needs to be like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the other night, but when you watch Clyde hit the hole and squirt through, he was out. Like, he was – put his foot in the ground and go. And I don't see that out of Dave, you know, out of David Montgomery. He's just, he hits the hole and then he's, you know what I mean? Like just slow as hell running through them holes and it's annoying. Um, but really Mitchell Trubisky saved his game because he threw, you know, three late touchdowns. And other than that, it was really, you know, there's nothing else to really, you know, you can really say. He did have a fumble in the game. They recovered it. He didn't lose the fumble. He did fumble, but it wasn't lost, and he didn't throw any picks. So they end up winning this game. Had they lost this game and he continued to play, he did in the first half, he, I'm telling you, he would not have played week two because he was that bad. 
Uh, Matthew Stafford had a had a really good game passing. Uh, Adrian Peterson was running the ball really well. If I, if there's anybody on this team that I want like off the waiver wire in your leagues that he might be Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson is going to be the running back that you want to own on this team. He looked like the best running back. Carry on Johnson. It was running in mud. Um, you know, Deandre Swift, they only gave him three carries in the game. He scored, he, they, for some reason they gave him the running, you know, they gave him a touch, touch, you know, uh, a red zone run, uh, goal line run. He scores on the goal line run. So, like I said, other than that, Danny Amendola actually did have a nice game in that game. He, he was, I wouldn't say I would want to pick up Danny Amendola, but he had a nice game in this first game. And if you remember, he had a nice game in the last year, week one. So, TJ Hawkinson, he caught all five of his targets, scores a touchdown. You know, a guy that we liked. We said, you know, if TJ is a guy that, you know, if we pick up like a Jack Doyle, we really like getting TJ Hawkinson to pay with him because if TJ Hawkinson has a really good year, you can have the safety of Jack Doyle and take a little bit of risk with TJ Hawkinson. And it ended up paying off because he, he looked very good. And they were, he, you know, Matthew Stafford was definitely looking. There was no Kenny Galladay in this game. So, you know, we don't know if the targets continue uh, with Kenny Galladay in the lineup. But, Quintus Cephas, for some reason, had 10 targets in this game. 10. I'm not exaggerating. It was 10. He had the most on the team. Don't ask me why. Uh, But, you know, he catches three for 43. He's not a thing. There's really nobody else on this team that I want other than TJ Hawkinson, Adrian Peterson, Matthew Stafford, and and, uh, Kenny Galladay. You know, the rest of the guys. Well, no, I'm sorry. Marvin Jones. You know, uh, Marvin Jones did have four for 55. Uh, so yeah, Marvin Jones, I would like to have him in my flex, but you know, those, those guys, and then, you know, don't, uh, don't go and pick up, you know, anyone else on this offense. I know Damian, Danny Amendola had a good game. Don't do it. You know, Quintess Cephas, people are going to see he got 10 targets and be like, Oh yeah, maybe they're trying to, you know, make no, nope. Don't do it. Leave it alone. If you have carry on Johnson, you know, be upset because he's probably not going to be a thing. Again, you know, it's going to be AP. Like, I, that's what it looked like to me in this game. And I would not be surprised if AP is the starter for the Lions the rest of the season, you know. And they should have won this game. At the end of the game, DeAndre Swift dropped a ball that was literally right in his hands. Like, you could have caught it. I could have caught it. We all would have caught it. It would have been a touchdown. There's no question in my mind. So, that should have been a touchdown pass. It was very annoying. And uh, I was kind of heartbroken for this team because they played so well all game they should have won this game and because you know they don't make that catch at the end of the game they lose which sucks bad so that is it for the podcast tonight guys remember to check us out on cheatcodesports.com uh it is you know it's our baby we love that website we love doing these podcasts for you guys we are uh really excited for this season and we would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast we would love if you guys would post the podcast on your facebook twitter and all those things if you do do that tag us tag us at cheatcodesports.com or cheatcodesports on twitter uh cheatcodesports on youtube i mean yeah on youtube on and also on facebook instagram if you guys tag us and uh, give us a shout out. We will definitely reply. And we will also give you a Skype session with us. If you guys 
take your t- take the time to do that for us, we will give you a 20 minute twenty minute Skype session with us. You know, either me or Kevin, maybe both. Uh, we'll talk to you about your fantasy team. We'll talk to you about uh, whatever it is that you guys want to talk about for about 20 minutes. And uh, we'll have a whole lot of fun with it. So make sure you guys do that. You, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Post us up on your social media, tag us in it, and we will get back to you. So, for us here at Cheese Code Sports Fantasy Football, we appreciate you and hope you have a good rest of your day, y'all. Peace.